inertia, procrastination, fear. These are just some of the things that can stand between you and a new job. So if you need a kick in the pants, today's guest is just the guy to help you get over the job search slump. Welcome to Jobsessed, Monster's podcast about looking for, landing, and loving your next job. In addition to a dose of motivation, we're also going to hear from some college seniors from the class of 2018 to learn how they feel about job prospects when they graduate. I think you'll be pretty impressed. If you're listening to us right now and you're thinking about getting a new job or trying to get a new job, chances are you've encountered that nasty four-letter word, fear, which can lead to a feeling of paralysis and like you're stuck. And you might be looking for some motivation. Well, our guest today has some advice that will most definitely help you feel unstuck. Gary John Bishop, a leading personal development expert and author of a new book called Unfuck Yourself, Get Out of Your Head and Into Your Life, is here today to share some of his advice for, well, I guess, unfucking yourself. So thank you for joining us, Gary. Yeah, thanks for having me. So first of all, you know, the title of your book is very bold and, you know, and the advice in it is, is pretty strong. What led you to, to just cut through all the crap and, and, and go with such a bold statement, like, unfuck yourself? Well, I think, you know, if the people who are listening to this right now, if they're looking for a job, there's a stone cold hard reality to that. And, you know, in, in the personal development field, it occurred to me that there was a lot of kind of abstractions and concepts and you know ideas about what it takes to kind of get your life on track but I don't know if that makes a difference when you're facing the stone cold reality of I lost my job three weeks ago and my bank's almost my bank funds are almost gone you know I don't think it really helps to read a book that tells you you're a tiger (laughs) Um, so so I wrote my book that you could open up a page and it would compel you to stand up and do something that you typically wouldn't do. There's people who don't have a job because they've been let go. And then there's people who are in some kind of a situation where they just know they need another one. But it just right. seems like the abyss, you know. And, right. and, and, um, and so there's a lot of what a lot of people talk, you know, call negative self-talk. Um, right. And you talk about that in your book. And can you, can you talk a little bit about how to turn that, you know, the internal monologue that you might be having of, you know, I can't do this or into a different way of talking to yourself. Yeah. Well, I think the most important thing you understand is negative self-talk on its own doesn't really mean anything. Where it, where it starts to screw with you is when your actions start to align with it. Mm. So if you're in a negative, you know, if you're in a narrative or a dialogue with yourself and you're saying to yourself, I can't do it, and you start acting like you can't do it, then you're going to get the results of I can't do it. And it, and it, and it follows all the way down the line. If you're in a dialogue with yourself about this is hard, this is impossible, um, or, you know, even personal stuff about yourself, like I'm not smart enough. You know, if, if, if your actions align with those statements, then, yeah, you're, you're going to produce those results. One of the places I think we get screwed up as human beings is the first thing we do is try and make that narrative change or go away, which is kind of like the equivalent of scratching a mosquito bite to make it go away. Right? <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's not going to make it go away. In fact, you're just going to get reminded of it. Um, 
And then the other thing we, we try and do is, so then we start to go to work on making ourselves feel different. And the, the reality of being a human being is you don't always feel aligned with what you're doing. So that is, you might be going on a job interview and you might feel like, oh man, I really want to walk in there confidently. Well, the reality is you might walk in there confidently, but you might not feel too confident in that moment of time. And if you start to give your attention to, all right, well, I need to get more confident. You know, how do I get some confidence? Maybe I should, you know, maybe this is what I should do. I should read some confidence books. I know what I'll do. I'll do the confidence DVD. That'll help me a lot. That's really, which chew totally away from what you might need to get together to have a successful interview. So confidence, quite simply, by the way, is an experience that arises when you look at what you're about to do and it's familiar. That's all. Mm, Which can come, you know, in this case, from the action of preparation, (laughs) for instance. Well, there, there you go. So you're, you know, the more, the more you kind of, the more you get related to the kind of profundity of the of your reality. That is, you know, I'm, I'm going to look for a job. For instance, let me see. I'm let let me kind of say for myself here. Let's say I'm going to go look for a job. There's a cold reality to looking for a job. It's going to include people telling you no and you're not a fit. That's going to include that, right? right? There's a high probability somebody's going to tell you no. So if you get if you get deflated by that, then you're really not getting yourself connected to your reality. That would be like the equivalent of walking into Starbucks and getting surprised by the smell of coffee. <laughs> yeah. It smells like coffee in there, you know. It's you're going to, you know, it's going to be one of those locations where there's a distinct hint of coffee in there. If you're going to go look for a job, people are going to say no. It's it's expected. In fact, what I would say to people who are looking for a job is you want to get those no's out the way. So you want to find out, like, all right, let's find out who's a no. It's like you're farming. It's like you're moving some of that stuff out the way. Like this isn't. This is part of the deal. It's it's not something that you should take personally. It doesn't mean anything about you as a human being. Um, and and your job in that in that instance, if you like, is to continue to work your way through those conversations, and to keep ramping them up, even when you feel like you don't want to, is to keep ramping them up and keep ramping them up and keep ramping them up and keep extending yourself, because it really is just a matter of time. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of time. And, you know, looking for a job is when it comes down to it can can at times be very much a numbers game. It's like the number of and people might say, well, I've spoken to 50 people or 100 people. And that's right. And you haven't yet spoken to the one that's going to give you the job you're after. I think especially for people who are already in a job and, and trying to find another one that experience of looking for something new, it can feel like free falling in a way, you know, um, yeah. as opposed to, like you say, coasting with the safe, the predictable, the unsatisfying maybe, but the yeah. devil you know. Right. And, you know, so, you know, I, I have this kind of saying that I'll occasionally throw at a client. I mean, I'll say, you know, you would rather be miserable than deal with what you need to deal with to be happy. And, and I think that's true for a lot of human beings. I think we'd rather be like, well, this is terrible, but at least I know I can survive this. Right. Um, and that's and that is, by the way, a very critical part of being a human being. Your life isn't, our lives 
And I'm obviously we're talking very distinctly here about careers and jobs, and it's a critical part of existing in this society. Um, but our lives are definitely we're burdened in our lives by not by the things that are happening. We are burdened in our lives by what we are tolerating about what's happening. And we're tolerating ourselves more than other people. See, I mean, people might even say, well, I'm, I work beside this total jerk. That's not what you're burdened by. You're burdened by your inability to make any difference with that. And you're not burdened by your job. You're burdened by your experience of your job. You're burdened by what you're tolerating about yourself, about your job. And if, and if, and if people would start there and say, okay, well, what am I tolerating about myself? I'm tolerating that I won't speak up mm. or I'm tolerating that I won't ask for a raise or I'm tolerating not asking for a promotion when I, when I'm, I'm really clear that it's justified and I've done the work. Um, or I'm, I'm tolerating a lack of communication. I'm, la- I'm tolerating a lack of satisfaction. I'm tolerating that about myself. And if one starts there and you ask yourself, are you willing to keep tolerating that? And you come from that place every day, you'll find even that dialogue to ask yourself the question, am I willing to keep tolerating this? It kind of begs an answer. Yes, it does. Right, and, when, and the answer really would be would be where you would find the compulsion to act. Right, and that is yes, and in, in that you know, am I willing to tolerate this? So when you're no longer willing, then maybe then you'll be willing to act. I love I love what you talk about with action because there's so much um, where we can sit. We can a lot of job searching is a lot of online stuff, right? Especially you know, yeah. monster. That's what we do, and you're looking at different jobs, and you're you know, wondering if your resume is good enough or if, oh, God, I've got to write another cover letter. You know, there's a lot of um, kind of tedious action that has to take place. Yeah. And, you know, and you can talk yourself out of things really easily, I think. You can say, well, you know what, they probably already filled that job anyway. Or I probably am not qualified enough anyway, you know. Um, And I, I want to be able to get people to get beyond that so that, like you said, you know, they, they you, you keep, you, you, you're, you're kind of, you know, relentlessly pursuing, 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 um, you know, despite how you may feel, <laughs> despite right. what you're saying to yourself. Yeah. Listen, it's, it's pretty simple to me. I, as, and I would say this to anybody listening to this right now. You're a terrible gauge for your own potential. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? And you're like a terrible gauge for it. It's not even like, oh, well, you know, I'm pretty good. No, you're terrible. <laughs> right? Yes. No, you're a terrible gauge of your own potential. You have no idea of your own capacity. Why? Because you spend most of your life trying to live within it. And, you know, and I, look, I'm not saying this like some arrogant, like, oh, yeah, but I'm different. No, I'm a human being, too. I know exactly what it's like to face something that you don't think you can do and have my life mostly shaped not by what I can do, but what I think I can't. And, you know, I've, I've the only difference between me and anybody else is that I've challenged myself and I do challenge myself to actually organize my life around what I think I can't do. And that's way more interesting, a lot more risky, a lot more sleepless nights, but ultimately a lot more satisfying. Um, so what's no, an example I, of something that, that, that you or, or maybe one of your clients has done in that way to yeah. kind of organize yourself around something you think you can't do? 
Yeah. Um, I mean, a simple one for me is um, that I wrote a best-selling book. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I, I just didn't think that was possible for me. I mean, you know, the work I do with people is to reveal certain things about themselves that they've kind of experienced, but they hadn't really fully, you know, kind of discovered it and understood it. And at the core of each of us is some internal dialogue about ourselves. There's other internal dialogue, but there's a really fundamental part of it, which is there's a very, very profound conclusion that each of your listeners has come to about themselves. And in our day-to-day living, we're very much organized around it, but we're not really always in the presence of it. You don't really always hear it. When you hear it the most is when you're pressed. So if you're... If you've been fired, you'll very much be in the presence of what you've concluded about yourself. There'll be other stuff going on, but and or when when you screw something up, you'll be in the presence of what you've concluded about yourself. Now, what I concluded about myself a long, long time ago was that I'm not smart enough. So from the from about the first thirty years of my life, I was fundamentally organized around. I pursued things that I thought I was smart enough for. I didn't pursue things that I didn't didn't think I was smart enough for. I only pursued the things that I thought I was smart enough for. Now, somebody might say, well, that's a good logic. (sighs) But yeah, I don't learn anything new, though. Like, there's no no game there for me to expand myself as a human being. It's all just, how do I repeat what's made me successful to this point? So I, I really took on the writing of the book from that place of noticing that tremendous draw and pull and gravity not to write the book, right? You know, I can't do it. It's too much. It's too complicated. I've never written a book in my life. I mean, how do you write a book, let alone have somebody like it? You know, it was all there, all of those thoughts. And there was those days I was staring at that laptop with like, I I don't want to do this today. I'm confused. This is too much. And yet every day I would say, well, Am I willing to open up this laptop and knock out a few lines here? And that was it was that small. It really was that small. Like, am I willing to just flip open the laptop and write a few lines? Okay, I'm, I'm at least willing to do that. And then it, I would just, you know, repeat that question when I needed it. Am I willing? Am I willing to deal with myself right now to finish this chapter? Am I willing to deal with myself to go read this particular book to get some insight about the thing that I want to say, am I willing? And I kept, I kept bringing myself to that, whether I felt like it or not. Because if I if I'd gone on the kind of notion of I'm going to write this book according to how I feel, I would still be writing it. Right. Yeah. Um, another thing that you talk about in the book, in addition to willingness, is uh, this idea of winning, um, right. and. And, and when I read that, it made me think, you know, and, and it, it is, this is the part of the book that I think you do tell people that they're a tiger. Um, and <laughs> and, it, and it, it occurs to me that um, particularly while job searching, you know, as we've touched upon in this, in, in our talk so far, there yeah. are so many moments when you do not feel like you're winning, whether it's because you've been told no or because yeah. you're telling yourself you're not good enough. Yeah. Well, you know what? The, my premise for that chapter in the book, I could have written a book, by the way, just about this thing. I mean, the book is a very short read. Yes. And it was, and it was deliberate. I mean, 
it would be a little ironic to call a book get out of your head and get into your life and then make the book long <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> right. yes it has, well, it, it has to be kind of punchy and you know it kind of compels you to get out of the book and go do something yes it does <laughs> um but my but the what i'm saying to people is you're always winning always every moment of your life you're constantly winning the question is what's the game you're playing mm. so if i'm if i got fired i invite people to consider you won and then people say, no, I didn't when I lost my job. And I would say, well, look back. Look back at what you were organized around, what you were doing. Even getting that job in the first place, take it all the way back. And you will see a sequence of events where you might not have been conscious of it. You might not have been aware of it. But this actually turned out pretty predictably. And so, like, not willing to go on that interview or not being open to, you know, writing another cover letter or you know filling out another application if you say i'm not going to do it you're winning at something there what am i winning at i'm winning at the game of not getting a new job <laughs> i don't think our listeners want to win that game so right <laughs> right so in that moment you might ask yourself all right i don't want to play that game let me win at the game of actually getting a new job and have that guide my actions moment to moment to moment. And, and it reminds me of another thing, actually. I think that's a really important thing for people to get. You, you're, you're not constantly defeated. You, you're defeated in moments. Mm. And then in those moments, you take a turn towards the defeat and it runs. But, you, but your experience of being defeated is, is, is momentary. It shows up. It's an experience of myself. It's a thought and a feeling and an emotion and a mood and a certain outlook that I now have. In those moments, in those critical moments, those are the moments when you would do something like reach for my book, when you would say to yourself, all right, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the presence of one of those moments. Look, when you're enthused and happy or you're you're positive, right? And you know, you've probably got a bunch of people who are listening right now who are who have that kind of outlook in life, that positive outlook. All right, well, when you're looking for a job, you should just milk that thing as long as you possibly can. And then when you hit the wall, because you will, when you hit the wall and when it takes that dip, those are the times in your life when you need to intervene with yourself, when you don't allow yourself to spiral away down a hole. When you say, you know what, I'm not, there's no cheese for me down that particular tunnel. I'm going to bring myself back to what I say I'm committed to for myself in my life and have that commitment organize my actions. And how, how would you recommend people do that? Do you think there's some kind of, you know, that, that, like literally, you know, kind yeah. of write, have something written down that you can refer to. You can, you can look. What one of the things that that I find really works for me. So one of the things that I took out of my language, I, I say it in the book because I use the word goals in the book because mm -hmm. I think easily accessible word. It's not a word that I'm particularly fond of. Right, I'm not fond of goals. And the reason I'm not really fond of that word, and, and the word is this isn't semantics, it's actually critical. The, the word goal includes the potential of not hitting it. Mm. Right? So there's, there's already a kind of built-in back door. Yep. Right? Like, 
I it's might kinda, do it. No. Right, and it's like the the, the words try and and you know right. that type. Right. Oh, terrible. Try is a terrible word. And there is the, the the whole notion of trying doesn't even exist. It's not a thing. Trying isn't a thing. You're either <laughs> doing it or you're not doing it. It's it's a it's a human description uh, and language of exposing myself to some kind of effort with no real accountability for the outcome. Right. Perfectly put. Perfectly put. It makes right. me think I, 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 I run a lot of marathons and this year I had a, 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 a not an outcome that I wanted. I finished, but not in the time I wanted. And my, my friend got me this little trophy that said, you tried. And it... it oh. <laughs> Yeah, set fire to that fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. and it's like, well, I actually did run 26.2 miles. I just didn't run them exactly as fast as I wanted to. Right, and, and that's all, the, by the way, and what you just said there, by the way, is the the kind of phenomena, the phenomenology of running. So that's the as-lived experience of running. I ran, and I did not run in the time that I wanted to. Now, that's reality, okay? That's, yeah. I ran, and I did not run in the time that I wanted to. Now, what people say to themselves, though, is stuff like, I failed. Yes. Which is the description of my running and not running as fast as I wanted to. Right. But failure as a statement, that's a loaded word. For the love of God, you've just, like, burdened <laughs> yourself by something or of something. So I say to people, you've got to get related to the language you use to describe your life is critical. It's like, I've applied for 37 jobs and I haven't got one yet would be real. Yep. A, a kind of weighted dramatic narrative of those, those same events is I've given it everything I've got and everyone has rejected me and I don't think I'm going to find a job. Now, right. both of them will put you in a certain state. The question is, which one are you choosing? Are you going to boil this down? Are you going to look at the reality of this situation? It even goes to like, I've looked for a job for the past six weeks. I haven't found the one I'm looking for. And my funds are getting low or they've just run out. Now, that's one way of describing it. Another way is I've been searching, searching for a job for six weeks. And by the way, what they're not saying there is I've been searching for a specific kind of job for six weeks, which is very different from searching for a job for six weeks. Because, you know, you could find the job, but it right. might not be the one. That kind of big, blustery, dramatic, I'm searching, I'm I'm getting desperate. Well, you are now that you just said it. Yeah. Right? All of those things debilitate you. They take you down. They make this process a lot more challenging. So you got to be very, very crisp, very clear in your language. What's your reality? What I'm dealing with? I've applied for 17 jobs and as yet I haven't had a response. Okay, I got that, right? How you feel about that in the grand scheme of things is actually irrelevant. And part of why we feel a certain way about this whole process of looking for a job, as I said at the beginning, is we make it very personal. We make... We make the, you know, like not getting a response or going on an interview and getting a no or going on an interview and even worse, like nobody says anything to you after it, right? Mm. And then they make stuff up like, oh, I knew it. It was the shoes. And, you know, <laughs> no, I mean, you have no idea why you didn't get that job. Don't make something up. You know, don't don't come to some 
yeah, it's it's the way that I talk and or it's my hair or, you know, I need to do something. It was that line in my resume. No, you just want to consider. It's not personal to you. It's like you you put yourself out there, you expose yourself. And people are, if you don't get the job, it, the simple matter is they saw someone else who was a better fit for that job. What we were talking about just a, a minute ago, this idea of, of how you recreate in your mind how the reality of what's happening is so right. powerful and will determine how you take next steps, whether it's to try and squeeze yourself into a box that you don't fit into because you're telling yourself that this is what these people actually want and you don't even know. You don't even know. You're just literally sitting there making shit up and then <laughs> acting accordingly. <laughs> right. And in this case, and I mean, in a I'm lot of... You know, yeah, I've done it. I'm saying that because I've done that. I'm not saying that because I know you do it and I know people do this. I'm saying that because there was a time in my life when I saw myself do it. And I, and I asked myself, what the heck am I doing here? What, what am I doing? And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's part, again, a very fundamental part of being a human being. You don't live life connected to reality. You live life connected to how you think reality is. And those are not the same. And the good thing about looking for a job, like, as opposed to, let's say, dating, is that you know, when, when, when employers put out job descriptions, they're more likely to be pretty transparent about what they're actually looking for than, let's say, mm -hmm. a Tinder profile. You know, yeah. So if you don't get the job, you can say, well, you know, there may be some skills here that I didn't have. <laughs> and, and maybe I can bone up on them for the next job or, you know, or if you're applying for another particular job and, you know, you, you know what they're looking for. Um, right. Most jobs aren't saying, oh, yeah, we are. They don't talk. Most jobs don't advertise what they're looking for in a human being. Right. 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 So Although they think, do want certain things in a human well, being, they, perhaps, yeah. but they, they you know. That's, <laughs> and that's why it's critical to... You're going to develop yourself as a person. It includes your skill set, but it includes your ability to be. It includes your ability to demonstrate um, like qualities as a human being. The problem with that is we think those are inherent, right? Like, how can I be patient? I'm not one who – you can develop being patient. You can actually get insight into being patient. How do I develop like being optimistic? You can develop that. There's yes. – there's, programs and, and, and lots of really cool things one can do as a human being to develop my experiences, my ability to experience life. So I, I totally agree with you. I think there's this, I think there's this kind of, I don't know, it just seems like a, a lot of, I, I use this word a lot, but voodoo in what it takes to actually get a job at times and or get the job that you're really after. But if you get down to the basics, if you take all the drama out, you know, take out the whole notion of ripping down the curtains and making yourself a dress and setting fire to the house. You don't have to do that. You can keep it down to the basics and isolate. Okay, so what's the requirements and keep presenting them? And I know some people are frustrated and they're saying, but I do have requirements. Consider there's something you're missing. Consider there's something not on your radar and you, you need to spend a little more time asking people like, what, what am I missing here? What's the pieces that I'm missing here. And and it, and it could be a skill set, but it could also be like some way you're communicating, some way that you're uh, expressing yourself, something you're bringing to the table, mm -hmm. that when you get to the table, it has people say no. So then you might look at, well, okay, well, what do I need to bring to the table here? What's missing? That if I 
put it there, it would make a big difference. And that's the willingness to take that action, you know, which I think it goes back to and, and that, everything we've been talking about. Um, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. And, well, I, you know, I could talk to you all day. Um, <laughs> and I know that, uh, you know, that wouldn't, that would make a very, very long podcast. So I, I, I don't want to um, keep you much longer, but I just want to thank you so, so much for everything you've shared with us so far. And hopefully people listening are feeling you know, a little bit of a shift in in their perspective toward their toward their job search, and maybe yeah. you can ask yourself, you know, am I willing? Am I willing <laughs> to right. continue on with whatever it is I'm suffering through, or am I willing yeah. to to take some a different action? Right. And and look, if I could leave your listeners with one thing, yeah, you, you your life is like a miracle. It's a miracle that you're even alive. And that you you could produce the most amazing, phenomenal results if you just stop listening to yourself. <laughs> yes, yes. Easier said than done, but I got it. But that's the practice, right? Yes, it is, and it's so so important. It really, really is. You know, as a as a runner, I've experienced that this very very much. Um, and in life, I certainly have. And I think that all of us, like you're saying, even, you know, even yourself, who this is your business, you know, we, we get off track and we let the internal dialogue maybe tell us things that aren't true. And, and, and that's why we need things like your book. So that, right, you know. right. Read the book, man. Take Absolutely. a chapter and then act, take a new action. Read a chapter, take a new action. Read a chapter, take a new action. Absolutely. Well, thank you again so much, Gary, for talking with us today. And, um, and we will uh, share some of the links to uh, where people can get your book on Monster. Um, mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I hope you have a, a great rest of your weekend. Awesome. Thank you. And I really thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to speak to your people. Oh, and we're thrilled to have you. We're thrilled to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. Hopefully you're feeling a little more motivated after 20 minutes with Gary. I certainly am. What may make you even more inspired is hearing from some members of the class of 2018. We asked special correspondent Matt Gelber to track a few of them down as the school year begins so we could hear their plans for finding a job come graduation. Millennials get a bad break. It's the generation of texting, tweeting, ironic t-shirt wearing ne'er-do-wells, and they won't amount to so much as a hill of beans in this world. Is that the saying, hill of beans? That's a really weird saying. Anyway, it turns out that representation couldn't be less accurate. Monster spoke to a crop of rising seniors at Brooklyn College about their job search plans as they prepare to enter the workforce, and you'd be hard-pressed to find a crop of more focused, ambitious, hit-the-ground-running students. My name is Lori Elkerdawi. Right now, I'm actually working towards my master's degree in childhood education, and in my undergrad, I studied communications and theater, so I'm actually pursuing dual certification in childhood and theater, so I want to find a way to merge my two passions of education and theater. I feel very confident, actually. Um, I do feel that for teachers, especially right now, uh, especially childhood teachers, it's better to have more than one certification, which is what I'm pursuing, just because um, you know it makes you more qualified and it makes you better able to be placed in, in a school building. Um, 
But I do think that that relates to other professions as well. So having any sort of specialization or uh, an angle to approach your dream job, I think that separates you from the next guy. Uh, well, I'm hoping to land a position in a child in an elementary school setting, uh, teaching theater. So I'm, I'm really hoping just to get myself into a school that I that I love, that I agree with their philosophy on education, um, and I can you know do my thing in there and hopefully become tenured <laughs> and find my home in a school. <laughs> I can't really boil it down to an adjective, but I think that the class of 2018 has a desire to leave a positive mark on the world. Uh, politically and socially, this past year has been tumultuous, right, to say the least. Um, but I think no matter what our field, we just want to make a difference. And it translates into the work that we're doing. It, it's personal to us. My name is Adem Kwakume. I am a senior studying um, in the film department at Brooklyn College, uh, focusing more so producing the uh, majors actually classified under um, industry studies, but it has a more uh, business um, direction plan uh, for the major. But ironically, I'm actually I'm actually really into sports, uh, primarily basketball. I for 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 a little bit of time, I actually really uh, wanted to be a sportscaster. Uh, actually, when I first graduated high school, but now I'm realizing that. Um, I more so would like to be in a management role, more so in, um, in a front office position of sorts uh, for an NBA franchise. I feel pretty confident that I will um, that I'll get a job when I graduate. I, I think that that largely I um, I've been fortunate enough to make a lot of uh, or build a lot of relationships with uh, with a lot of professionals in um, both the film and sports industries. And um, through a lot of the hard work and internships that I've been able to uh, to act on, I I think that I've placed myself in a, in a decent spot or a solid enough spot to land a job right after graduate. My name is Vicky V I K I. My last name is Hafkor H A Z K O U R. I'm a uh, accounting and finance major. Uh, and I am a Judaic Studies minor. Um, I hope to pursue my CPA and, yeah, go into the field of accounting and finance. At this point, I feel pretty confident. Um, in Brooklyn College, especially when you go into um, accounting and finance, there are so many uh, recruiting um, and, uh, and interview prep that goes on where you are allowed to, like, sort of enhance your networking skills. And so you start meeting mid-tier and big-tier firms early on before you even, you know, have to apply for a full-time offer. So I actually did an internship this summer with one of the big four, and it went pretty well. So as of now, I'm pretty confident that, you know, at the end of May or June, I will end up with a job. The kind of advice I've gotten so far about finding a job post-graduation is start as early as you can. Timing for me is everything. And what I learned the hard way is that, you know, there's there's a uh, sort of a circle of recruitment, a timeline of recruitment that happens. If you're late in that timeline, it's almost hard to keep up with the ball that's rolling. So my, my biggest advice is that, you know, get, get ahead of the game quickly. 
You heard it here first. The class of 2018 is ready to hit the job market. The real question then is whether the job market is ready for them. And if you're a rising senior who happens to be listening to this and you're just starting to get your search underway, you know where to go. That's right, Mac. Hopefully everyone listening knows that whether you're just entering the job market or re-entering and looking for a job that truly makes you happy, we've got all kinds of jobs in all kinds of fields across the nation at Monster. All you have to do is look. If you liked today's episode, we'd love if you could leave a review on iTunes. We're busy working on the next episode, so until then, happy job hunting. <laughs>